brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Pollard, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he does on these occasions, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there! It's only an island if you look at it from the water. <laughs> you don't get that one because you haven't seen that movie. No, that's true. Yeah, you don't even know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. But our listeners do because they like Jaws. All right. So uh, before we get into this, I just wanted to thank some listeners. Uh, we had several people write in and ask us about the topic we're going to tackle today. And uh, I have a list of folks uh, that I want to go through really quickly. So for Bradley, Ryan, Ian, Nate, Vincent, David, Susie, Gerald, Mike, John, and probably more, this podcast is for you. Wow. Thanks for that long-distance dedication, Casey. Yeah. Uh, and that was just from our email. There are probably more on Facebook and probably more on Twitter because everyone wants to know about Facebook and privacy. So we're in, we have decided to title this podcast, Does Facebook Hate Privacy? And as I normally insert our silly jokes at that point in the conversation, I should say, no, actually, that's a complicated question. Yeah. Um, and, um, for and one we've thing, already talked about right, yeah, privacy. That's a good point, actually, Paulette. I'm glad that you, because I, I was about to just go on, and I had just said before we started recording that we should mention that. Paulette's the one who remembered. Thank you. Um, yes, about uh, back in 2009, back in October, we did a podcast about Facebook applications and your privacy and the complicated relationship there about how if you install apps in your Facebook profile, you are essentially giving third-party access to your profile information. And at the time, uh, there was a question about how much of that information was going to these third-party developers. In some cases, it was just the very basics that the application needed to operate properly. But others, it was it, it was uh, confusing. There was, there was way more information going to these developers than you would think would be necessary just to allow you to do whatever the app was designed to do. And some of the developers were sort of, uh, had sort of questionable credentials. Yeah. And there were people going, okay, wait, what am, what, what am I getting here? Right. Um, and you're getting my information. Why, why is it that I want to give this virtual puppy to my, my girlfriend on her Facebook profile page? Why do you need to know my name, race, my social relig- security number, religious beliefs, my credit card number, uh, the names of all of my friends. Why do you need all that information if I'm just going to give a little picture of a puppy dog? Um, so, so anyway, that that's the whole app situation. That's a third party situation. We're going to try and stay away from that in this discussion. We're going to focus mainly on Facebook itself. Yes. Now, Facebook, of course, started as a project uh, for for college students and by college students. Yes. We probably shouldn't get into the murky genesis of this project because there has been much said about who owned what intellectual property and when and whose idea it really was. Regardless, and, we know that it came out of a Harvard dorm room. Right. So so what happened behind the doors of that Harvard door, dorm room is still a mystery. But ultimately, <laughs> Facebook emerged. Yes. Yeah, so around 2005. Yeah, so the, so originally it's a, a 
a system for college students to stay in touch with each other. It eventually spreads to other colleges and becomes a larger network, then rolls out to high school students, and then eventually rolls out to the general public. Um, I think it was 2007 when it finally hit the general public. Mm-hmm. So Somewhere around there. Something like that. So... Uh, Originally, it, it seemed fairly sane, at least when you created a profile. The information you created was, uh, some of it was publicly viewable on Facebook, and the reason for that was pretty, pretty innocent. Uh, the, the whole purpose of a social network is for you to create connections with other people. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't really do that if everyone who joins the network is invisible to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might as well not be anything there. Right. Well, and, uh, and I'll correct myself in saying this. In 2004, when it actually got started, I mean, the point was it was actually within a very small community. Yes. So the, the point was to, you know, make friends and get to know the people in your closed off community. Right. So so when you start factoring that in it makes makes things seem a little less uh, malevolent than you would have people believe from the way things have, have uh, uh, progressed to to the current status. Yeah. Um, As a matter of fact, if you don't mind my interrupting. No, go ahead. Um, the Electronic Frontier Foundation actually has uh, cataloged some information about, uh, sort of an, in chronological order, the way that the uh, privacy policy has changed. Mm-hmm. And, and around 2005, um, you basically, somebody had to be in one of your groups on thefacebook.com. Right. This was when it was the Facebook. Yeah. I'm not actually doing elite thing there. No, they actually Actually, was thefacebook.com. Um, somebody actually had to be in one of your, your groups. You had to enable them being in your group for them to actually see your information. So, I mean, that's it, by default at that point. That was the way it worked. Yeah. Um, the the most anyone would be able to really be able to to see would be like a uh, uh, your name. And the reason for that is that if you join the the network, you would want to search for your friends and see if they were also on there so that you could send them a request and you could become connected through this network. Well, yeah, I, I went to a, a small college um, when I was in school. We actually had a campus directory, a paper campus directory that had all of our names and what uh, what uh, room we lived in, if we were on campus or, you know, our address for off campus, our email address, you know, and a, like I said, a, a photo of us so that you could identify one another. And if you didn't know somebody's last name, there was a list of names in the back. So you could say, you know, Jonathan, I'm John, what's Jonathan's last name? You could look up, oh, well, there's six Jonathans. You could flip through and figure out which one it was. You know, six it Jonathans? That was a small college. Well, you know, about 1,500 in the student body total. Wow. So yeah. uh, you had you had about 1,500 in some of your classes at, at the University of Georgia, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, it's the idea already existed in, in other forms, and I'm sure that, that uh a lot of colleges are like that, you know, even now they have some kind of campus directory. Yeah, and this was just essentially an online version of that, yeah. although it had a little more functionality because it let sure. you share photos and other things. So Facebook, when it rolls out to the public, when it first started, there were only certain things that, that were going to be network-wide viewable. Right. Right. And again, this this wasn't – there wasn't any – bad reason for that. It was all so that you could find the people you know so that you could connect with them online. Mm -hmm. And that philosophy is pretty innocent. Uh, The problem really comes into it when Facebook starts getting looking into creating a business model. And the real business model for Facebook comes down to advertising. Yes. Selling information to advertisers, selling ad space to advertisers. So 
the more information that you share on Facebook, the more information Facebook has to sell to people who want to advertise directly to you. Right. And how could this possibly go wrong? Well, clearly, uh, now, if you're taking it from purely a business perspective, mm-hmm. all right, so I'm a businessman. I, I have, it's, I'm an amoral businessman, not immoral. I am amoral. Morals do not factor into my business decisions, okay? So I'm just looking at the best way to maximize my profits. Right. I have a company where I've got 500 million people using my product. Right. I have the option to either let people, as soon as they they join my company or, or become a customer to my company, I have the option to either let them dictate to me which things they want to participate how much information they want to share with me or i can make it so that the 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 default setting is you share all everything with me mm-hmm. until you tell me otherwise right um clearly if i make my money through information more information means more money so my my choice is going to be let's go with the default I want I want as much information as I possibly can get from all these users because the more information I have, the more money I make. Right. Now, put yourself, if you will, in the shoes of the advertiser. You want to spend money to advertise a product or a service, and you want to reach as many people as possible. Ideally, you want to reach as many people as possible who actually have an interest in what you're selling. Yeah. Right? So the thing is, uh, Facebook offers a very... I won't say unique opportunity, but a really awesome opportunity for people to do that. Because Facebook can say, look, here are a bunch of people living in Omaha, Nebraska, and that's where you do business. And these, this subgroup is really interested in buying a new car because, you know, we, we could tell that they are, you know, getting this, they're, they're interested in, in, uh, looking at cars. They have cars on their likes, things that they have already thumbed up. We know that they are a certain age yeah, and a certain six, demographic, at least 16 years old, that kind of thing. And yeah, so we can, we can offer you this information and we're going, well, shoot. Yeah. Let's go ahead and, and advertise to this particular subgroup of people because there, there's a really uh, much higher chance that somebody in this group is going to buy what it is that we're going to be selling them. Right. Instead of carpet bombing, you're 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 doing a surgical strike. Right. Right. You're you're looking you're narrowing down the the huge audience to an audience that is much more likely to respond to your advertising. Right. And so it's called targeted advertising. Yes. You know, that you are targeted based upon the information that you share, which kind of classifies you in a way. And it classifies you and actually it classifies, classifies you in numberless ways. Well, that's because, it, you know, for one advertiser, you're classified as a consumer because of a certain set of criteria mm-hmm. for a totally different advertiser. They're still interested in you, but it's for a completely different set of criteria. And and it all is based upon how much information you are sharing on Facebook. Right. So you've got the advertiser who is buying into Facebook saying, you know, here's some money. I have you have a really uh, great opportunity for me to advertise you know, a targeted to a targeted audience. Facebook's going, hey, we've got lots of information that you can use to advertise. And then you have the third party, which would be you and me going, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing with my information? Why are you, you know, giving away 
my information to these third-party advertisers. Yeah, actually, I the way I I think the best summation I've heard so far mm-hmm. about the entire situation came out of an internet discussion. It was in a, a chat room, and one person said, and I wish I could remember who it was, but one person summed it up as saying, "Facebook's customers are advertisers. Yes, Facebook's product." are the users. Yes. So the users are being sold to advertisers. So you, you know normally when we think of customer and and business operator, we would think, "Oh, well I have a Facebook account. That means I'm a Facebook customer. Facebook is providing me a service and uh and I'm a customer of that company." Mm-hmm. But if you look at it from Facebook's perspective, their customer is the advertiser who wants to give them money in return for a certain a certain slice of the users. And so you know it's 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 kind of a cold-hearted way of looking at it but at the same way that's that's how Facebook is able to make the money it needs to provide this platform for users to to go and create profiles and interact with one another. I mean, ultimately if Facebook did not do this, they would have to find some other way to generate enough revenue to support this massive platform. Well, corporations themselves have no feelings. They are, as you pointed out, immoral. Right. And uh, you know, the law does treat them as people. So essentially that's that's who we're talking about, but they don't. They don't really. Uh, you know, there's no offense. It's just business. And Facebook is a private company right now. Yes, it's true. Um, so they don't have shareholders right. looking to them to maximize value. Yeah. So if face if and when Facebook goes <laughs> public, because they've talked about going public, oh, yes, but have. have not given any timeline as to when that might happen. But should Facebook go public? I would say you could expect it to get worse rather than better in the sense that. When you when you go public, people purchase stock in the company, and people want a return on that investment. And usually, what that means is they want the company to maximize profits at any opportunity. And in the case of maximizing profits, again, since Facebook is in the business of selling information of users to advertisers, that means that that situation is just going to get worse. Let's talk a little bit about. All right, let's say that you were to create a Facebook profile today. Mm-hmm. Okay. The default setting, if you did not tweak any privacy settings, that's really where the the big brouhaha is brewing right now. Yeah, it started out as a kerfuffle, but it is now a full blown brouhaha. Yeah, yeah, it was. We have moved up. We yeah, we have definitely gone to to brouhaha four. Um, <laughs> We're almost at rush moving pictures. Yes, for those so, who, who get that joke. So. Originally, if you had created a Facebook profile, the right. stuff that would get shared with the network would be like your name. Right. Everything else would be contained within your your group of friends or uh, the immediate network that you belong to. So, for example, the school you went to, mm-hmm. like back when it was a college-only thing. Right. So there would be certain things that, by default, everyone could see, which would be essentially your 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 name so that they could look you up. Everything else, they would have to either be your friend or have to be within your immediate network to see the information, like maybe your uh, your photos or whatever. Well, yeah. Or your status updates. Well, here we go. Back to the, the EFF's timeline. Um, in 2006... Uh, the comp- the Facebook said basically that uh, you know yes you have some control over your privacy uh, you people in your school and in your local area will be able to see who you are but otherwise no and then in 2007 
they said they would start sharing your name and your photo and your school name. You know, this is as it was making the transition into a, a public, uh, social networking Mm -hmm. site Um, unless you said you didn't want to do that but that was the default was you know name photo and and the school that you're going to and uh, then that's when everything started to change in 2009 ish yeah 2009 was when they tried to launch Beacon 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 you made that same joke the last I know but I always think it okay so anyway the uh, because I listened to the last one before we did this one so it's been nine months Beacon was the the uh, arrangement Facebook had with uh, other websites where you would go, if you were a customer on the other website and you happen to have been logged into Facebook and didn't log out, right. uh, you go, so you go over, let's say like Amazon. Yeah. So you go to Amazon and you buy a book. Right. Uh, normally, if you wanted to share that information, you would go back to Facebook and say, hey, I just bought such and such book. I can't wait to read it. Well, uh, Beacon, you don't have to do that. Right. Because Beacon. when Beacon was enabled, it would tell everybody automatically what you purchased, what you bought. Yeah. So, and if you're buying, you know, like a, a, a Terry Pratchett's The Color of Magic, you know, you might not mind the fact that it's being shared with all your friends. In but, fact, I would suggest that you do tell everybody that you bought that but book. But let's say you purchased Living with Cancer. Right. And you had not told anyone that you had cancer. Exactly. Or that someone you love has cancer, and that's the book, you, you bought the book for someone else. That is the kind of information you might not necessarily want to immediately go to your Facebook profile and be shared with everyone else on Facebook. Right. Um, the Beacon ended up going away after a class action lawsuit. It was kind of scuttled in two thousand in September two thousand nine. Uh, uh, it's kind of slowly crept back in a different form. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of the company and founder, yeah. Uh, well, contentiously saying yes. The the the, uh, the, the founder is basically saying that um, you know he had issued an apology when Beacon went away, saying yeah. you know we did this the wrong way. And that kind of suggested at the time that it was going to come back in some form. Yeah, he uh, and and it's it's a little bit more of an opt in situation before it was opt out. Right, and we'll get into a little bit of that in a second. So let's say you create a you've created a a profile right now. Uh huh. The default setting right now, everything, all of your information by default is public except for your contact information, which remains only visible to you and your friends by default, mm-hmm. and your birthday, which remains visible only to you, your friends, and your friends of friends by default. Right. But everything else, like the friends you have, the the networks you belong to, your status updates, the things that you like, uh, your pictures, your uh, all of that will be public um, by default. Right. So that means that even if you've just created your profile today and you haven't tweaked any settings, uh, someone who has never met you before, does you don't know this person, you don't want them to be your Facebook friend, could go to your profile and see practically all the information you've put down so far, except for your contact info and your birthday. Right. That is kind of creepy. Yep. Now, Facebook had received lots and lots of complaints when it when it essentially moved to this model. Yes. And uh, their response was to overhaul their privacy settings um, 
a couple of times, actually. And by the time this goes out, who knows? It may have been overhauled again. Uh, yeah, it happened earlier in, in 2010, and I think that's that's when it went into a full-fledged uh, brouhaha because they really opened up more information. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg had essentially said at the time, look, you know, this is a social networking site. You're supposed to be social. Why would you want to be keep your information private if you join the site to network with people? Yeah, which and, is yeah, and we sad. we've Chris and I talked about this the other day, just in a in a, a a brief conversation. You think about two different archetypical Facebook users. Yes, you've got one type of Facebook user who has no real concern about privacy. Uh, not that they're ignorant about it, just that they don't really. That's not it's a not concern. an issue. Yeah, it's not an issue. So they're fine with sharing everything. They want to meet as many people as possible. They're very social and they want to maximize that impact on Facebook. So they're willing to not just make connections with friends, but they want complete strangers to be able to see their information because who knows, the complete stranger is, might just be their next best friend. There you go. Then you've got the other type of Facebook user who is someone who sees the value of Facebook, but wants to use Facebook to stay in touch with a very specific group of people. Yes. And beyond that group of people, this person has really no interest in Facebook. They, they don't want to use Facebook to meet new people. They don't even necessarily want folks that uh, folks they know to be able to find them on Facebook easily because in some cases it might be folks they don't particularly like. Right. And you don't want to have to deal with online harassment if you already had to deal with it in person. So, <laughs> so this kind of Facebook user uh, doesn't want that default of sharing everything with everyone. This Facebook user wants to be able to keep that as much information shared with just the, the immediate group of friends as possible. Yes. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because Chris sort of represents not not quite that level of Facebook user, but not too far from that Facebook user. And I represent kind of not the, hey, look at me, Facebook user, but I'm closer to that side than the other. Yeah. yeah we, we For the purposes of the argument, we were talking about extremes. Yeah. Um, and however, but, uh, both Chris and I both agree <laughs> that Facebook's approach is the wrong one to have because the right approach would be that you give the user the option to uh, opt in to what he or she wants to um, to share at the very beginning. Well, privacy advocates agree with us. Um, and the thing is, I think it would, just this, this is my personal opinion, I think it would engender more trust in Facebook as a company. If Facebook said, sure, you know, why don't you start out private, meet some people, you know, and as you gradually get used to this and, and like it more, then you can open yourself up to more and more people. They do have a lot of very attractive functions on the website. You know, the gaming community is thriving and other applications are, are doing very well too. There are things that keep you there on the site. They're, you know, in, in web terms, they're called sticky. Yeah. It's a very sticky website. And, you know, it would be very good for them to engender trust by doing this. But a lot of people are distrusting Facebook right now because they say, hey, look, you're just open. You're here. That's the deal. Now, we should say that you can go into privacy settings and adjust your privacy settings so that you do have the experience that, say, Chris would want. You can have the experience where you, you restrict your information to just your group of friends and no one beyond that, and then you have much more control of your information, and that's a good thing. And I actually do follow that for most of my information. Very little of my information is actually shared with the entire network. 
Most of it is friends or friends of friends at most. Uh, and some of it's just me. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't share information beyond, you know, I, I, like I have it in there so that if I ever one day decide to change it, I can, but I don't share it outside of, I, I don't. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just there in the account. Yeah. So things like my phone number, for example, I don't share that with anyone, even my, my closest friends. Um, so in that sense, uh, you know, Facebook's doing a good job, but what would be better is that let's say that you create your Facebook account today and then as part of the account creation process, it then took you to privacy settings and it allowed you to choose which things you wanted to share automatically. So you would check boxes to share stuff. Right. Right now it's the opposite way. Think of all the boxes as being checked and you have to uncheck things. That's, that's the opting out. Yep. To, to opt in creates I think opting in is better because it means that you've made a conscious decision to share that information. And that would be the the more responsible way to to move for your users. And but again as we pointed out, Facebook's customers are the advertisers, not the users. So that's probably why Facebook's a little reluctant to to take that route mm-hmm. where where you leave that in the users' hands. It's you know it, the way Facebook stati- uh, stance is right now. They could the company can say, well, sure, the default is you share everything, but you can change that at any time. I don't see what the problem is. Right. You know, as opposed to saying that the default is you don't share it with anyone outside of your group of friends unless you choose to. Right. You know, it's uh, it's funny because in, since they have revised their settings a couple times in 2010, um, you know, they actually in their most recent uh, change back in May, they Facebook actually went to the trouble of simplifying the settings uh, so that you could understand it a little bit better, and they restored some of the missing settings that they had removed before. Um, but privacy advocates are not letting up. Um, people are still giving them a hard time. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the company sort of expected that once they made these changes, that this would all sort of blow yeah, over. That the heat would go away. But it's not. And there's still a lot of people upset. In fact, mm-hmm. on May 31st, 2010, there was a an official quit Facebook day. Which, unfortunately, was the wrong day to hold it. 31,000 people. I think, I think they would have had way more people leave if they had not held it on what in the United States is Memorial Day. That's probably and true. And the reason I say that is because it's a lot easier to quit something that's computer related when you're sitting in front of your computer. Instead of out by the barbecue? Exactly. If they had done that on June 1st, when everyone is back in front of the computer. They might have gotten 52,000 people. Yeah, easily nearly doubling the, the number. They could have had a much bigger impact, I think. I think having it on a holiday was a mistake. Holidays and weekends, that's a mistake. You should do it on a weekday when people are trying to avoid schoolwork or work work. Um, but that, that, <laughs> that illustrates though, what I don't, I don't think it would have been anywhere near the, uh, 400 to 500 million Million. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Um, or a lot of accounts. I'm sure some people have multiple accounts, but um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, that just imagining that only thirty one thousand people were uh, that upset. You know, I'm I'm inclined to say that there are probably more people who are that upset enough to actually quit. The thing is, 
Facebook is an extremely uh, sticky website, and people it's, do yeah. want to stay. I think it's, it's really useful. They they want to stay. They just want Facebook to behave in a way that feels more responsible toward the user. I just wonder how how long Facebook is going to feel as though it can get away with well, selling people's information and and defaulting people to fully public. We should also also mention that we're recording this podcast shortly after the D eight. Um, yes. Uh, conference. And Zuckerberg took the stage for a question and answer session uh, and was not very comfortable during it. I think it's safe to say that. Yeah. Um, he was asked point blank a couple of times about Facebook's stance on privacy and their, their philosophy toward privacy. And he was very evasive uh, and uncomfortable, I would say, uh, trying to answer those questions. Um, ultimately, the answers kind of came across as as suggesting that that privacy is not something that it's it's like not even it's not that they ignore it it's that i think the future is that privacy won't be as important to the average person on the internet and it may be that they're trying to push for that future a little hard right now trying to get there a little faster than they would naturally um but Saying that out loud is almost like suicide. So Zuckerberg did his best to kind of dance around it and not address the issue. Well, Facebook is hardly the only Internet company to <laughs> to cause writers to write the headline, privacy is dead. I've seen it in a number of places now. And yeah, heck, I, Google kind of gets that too. Yeah, I mean, especially after the uh, Google buzz uh, kerfuffle. Ha ha. Yeah, that was that did not quite reach brouhaha levels because not enough people had noticed what the heck buzz was. Really close. Well, that and it and it happened on the very first day. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a bad first day. But uh, I don't know. You know what? We should get people to write us on Facebook, on our uh, you know tech yeah, stuff HSW Facebook account and tell. Do you think privacy is dead on the internet? Yeah, that, actually, I is am it, curious to hear. I would like to hear what you listeners think about the issue of privacy and the internet. Is it dead? Is it is it a good thing that it's? If it is dead, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Uh, and what can we expect the future to look like on the internet uh, with with privacy kind of taking a back seat? Yeah. Yeah, and and it's you know I, I think a lot of people think that it's over with. They're, the age of of being private, totally private anyway, is uh, is gone. So I'd well, like to, I'd like to hear what people think. I agree. So keep an eye out. We'll try and uh, post something on the Facebook page when this this podcast goes live, so that you can respond to that if you like, uh, and uh, or you can do like our friend C H did, mm-hmm. send us a little listener mail. You like how I did that? I did. So this is CH. CH says uh, about our, our 200 years of innovations. Oh, uh, yes. He says, you missed one, guys. You live in Atlanta. I challenge you to go outside around 2 in the afternoon for an hour or so and not include air conditioning on your list. Great show as always. Thanks. CH from Little Rock, Arkansas. You know what, CH? That's a good point. Air conditioning is very important. My, uh, my, only, uh, my only counter to that would be outside, not such a problem. It's inside when the air conditioning is off. Yeah, it's a problem. Considering that I've been spending the last seven weekends out in the Georgia heat in a doublet, I value oh, every single second of air conditioning I can experience. Cool. Yes. Thanks a lot, CH. If any of you want to write us, our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com, and we will talk to you again, possibly on Facebook, really soon. 
If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?